to Aaron and the music team. Thank you, Aaron, for reminding us that we've got a new life here. So we're just two weeks into 2019. It was only two Sundays ago that we had our burning bowl service, and you placed into there everything that you were ready to release. So how many of you have picked those things back up again? Yeah? Honestly? Yeah? Thank goodness we can come together and remind each other that we just have to keep practicing and claiming that new life for ourselves. So thank you, Aaron, for that reminder. So we are, uh, in the start of this year, having a whole um, new focus for the entire year of 2019, and that is One Humanity, Many Stories. And we're starting the year with the story of the Peace Pilgrim. And uh, last week we gave out to everybody the Peace Pilgrim's little booklet, Steps Towards Inner Peace. So if you were not here last week, well, that's why you can come every week. No, I'm teasing. Um, We actually have more in the basket back there. So pick one up for yourself. Pick one up for your friends. We have plenty. So please take and help us to spread the message about peace that we're wanting to share with you. So just to remind everybody, the Peace Pilgrim was someone who decided back in 1953, after, by the way, 15 years of preparation for this, so it wasn't like an immediate thing and out she went, but in 1953 she decided that she was going to make a walk coast to coast to bring attention to peace, the idea of peace. And so she walked from Los Angeles to, uh, to uh, New York City and then to Washington, D.C., and then she kept going and she decided she would walk 10,000 miles for uh, world disarmament, and then she continued beyond that to walking 25,000 miles for peace, and for those of you who weren't here last week to hear it, 25,000 miles is how big the circumference of the earth is, so imagine, right, walking the entire planet Earth, Um, and she accomplished that in about 11 years, 25,000 miles in about 11 years, and then she stopped counting, and her whole Um, point was to meet people, interact with people, and share this message of peace. And while her message was really uh, also on world peace, because that was her initial thing, world disarmament and um, the end of the Korean War, those kinds of things that she was holding, her message became very much also to each one of us that that would only be accomplished when each of us found inner peace ourselves. And so from that this little booklet was created. And last week we began our first preparation by assuming a right attitude towards life. So last week I asked the question, how many of you are aware of the very first thought that you have when you wake up in the morning? And so some people raise their hands, but many people, nope, don't have a clue. So how many of you this week became much more aware as you opened your eyes, what was my first thought? Yeah. See, we can consciously choose. We just have to make this decision and make the commitment. And so, you know, as we begin our day, that first thought, if we're unconscious, could set the tone for the entire day. So we consciously choose. So how many of you woke up and saw the snow and the covered trees? And what was the first thought you had? What is it? Close the blinds. All right, honestly, who thought that? Ugh, right? But other people had other thoughts, right? Yeah, Bob? I get to go get my snowblower going and do five driveways. I love that because it was on service, right? So I get to serve through this snow, surely. 
<laughs> yes, the beauty, right? The beauty. So I just use the snow because it's one that so many of us react to. I love the snow myself. I see the beauty, but we get to choose. How are we going to see the activity of our day, and what attitude are we going to choose around that? So this week we move to our second preparation, and our second preparation is about living good beliefs. So I'm going to read from our little booklet. If you've got the booklet and want to read along, I'm going to read from page six. And this is all around the second preparation, living good beliefs. The second preparation has to do with bringing our lives into harmony with the laws that govern the universe. Created are not only the worlds and beings, but also the laws which govern them. Applying both in the physical realm and in the psychological realm, these laws govern human conduct. Insofar as we are able to understand and bring our lives into harmony with these laws, our lives will be in harmony. Insofar as we disobey these laws, we create difficulty for ourselves by our disobedience. We are our own worst enemy. Right? Who here is their own worst enemy? Yeah, human condition. If we are out of harmony through ignorance, we suffer somewhat. But if we know better and are still out of harmony, then we suffer a great deal. I recognize that these laws are well-known and well-believed, and therefore they just need to be well-lived. So I got busy on a very interesting project. This was to live all the good things I believed in. I did not confuse myself by trying to take them all at once, but rather, if I was doing something that I knew I should not be doing, I stopped doing it. And I always made a quick relinquishment. You see, that's the easy way. Tapering off is long and hard. And I was not doing something that I knew, when I was not doing something I knew I should be doing, I got busy on that. It took the living quite a while to catch up with the believing, but of course it can. And now, if I believe something, I live it. Otherwise, it would be perfectly meaningless. As I lived according to the highest light that I had, I discovered that other light was given and that I opened myself to receiving more light as I lived the light I had. Living good deeds. So how many of you live into the belief that you say you hold? How many of you need more practice? You know, like, yeah, I'm working on it, but I'm not quite getting it right all the time, right? So that's the beauty of this path and this community. As we recognize and realize that we have things to do and we're going to practice doing them. And sometimes we get them right and sometimes we don't. But that's not going to stop us from choosing again and practicing some more. What are the good beliefs that we are called into living? So as I was asking myself that question over this past week, what are the good beliefs that I am called to living? What are the good beliefs that you are called to living? One of them, the very first one that comes into my mind is this idea that I have the Christ in me, and so do you. But how hard it is to live that belief when we're looking out there in the world. Peace Pilgrim gave up everything that she had to live the beliefs that she claimed. 
And she encouraged us that we could live our beliefs without having to do the same thing, right? You don't have to give up everything that you have and go set on a 25,000-mile pilgrimage. But you do have to be willing to live those good beliefs. So as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about the story that's in Scripture, right, where Jesus is asked by the rich man, how do I get to the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus gives two replies. Anybody remember what the first reply is? Not the eye of the needle. Yeah. Follow the commandments, Jesus said. Follow the commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. How many of us have claimed that idea, right? That belief. This is what I know I need to do. And the man, probably not unlike us, said, well, I've done that. And I'm still not experiencing the kingdom of heaven. And so what was the second response Jesus gave? Give everything away and, not just that, and come follow me. Give everything that you have away and come follow me. Now what I would say about that is we can't obviously go follow Jesus, right? The man who lived 2,000 years ago. But I don't think that's what Jesus was actually talking about. What was Jesus talking about when he said, come follow me? Yes, absolutely, Dennis. And what are we following? Our Christ self. Thank you, Mary Lee. Yes, not follow Jesus, but follow the Christ. Give up all that you have and follow the Christ. Now, if we can get it before we have to give away everything, you know, it might be a little bit, yeah, we don't have to let go physically of everything, but what we need to let go of is what we're seeing and attached to in this outer world in which we live in. What are your attachments? What are my attachments? What are we attached to in this outer world that we're living in? What are we attached to in this outer world that we can't see the Christ in everyone? One of the books that I am reading currently is a book by Richard Rohr called The Universal Christ. I'm loving it. And he had a statement in there this week in my reading that said, A mature Christian sees Christ in everyone and everything. A mature Christian sees Christ in everyone and everything. And I went, oh, that is so good. i got to share that, right? And so I got on my Facebook and I posted that quote from Richard Rohr, a mature Christian sees Christ in everyone and everything. And then I was challenged. I was challenged by another Unity minister, interestingly enough, who posted on that same thing, really? How do we see the Christ in a child molester? Right? Okay, now there's an attachment to what's out here, what's showing up out here. But if I'm attached to that, I'm not going to see that child molester as they are, as that Christ that they are. I'm attached to what they've done and how they've shown up in the world out here. And it's pretty tough then, isn't it, to see the Christ in everyone and everything when you're faced out here with one who is showing up as less than Christ-like, right? So how do we live our beliefs as a mature Christian, seeing Christ in everyone and everything? Anybody got an answer? Yeah. 
Remember, forgiveness, absolutely forgiveness. So we all have free will. We can all avoid our Christ-like nature. Right? Absolutely. So uh, that can give us some understanding. But let me share this with you. This is what I believe. That child molester, that fill-in-the-blank, me, you, everyone. Is there an exception? Everyone has that Christ spirit within them. So if I can simply remember that, that even here that Christ is there and see it for them and with them and recognize and realize and understand that they've just forgotten who they are. How many of us forget who we are? Daily, (laughs) right? And maybe we don't go to those extremes in living out our unbelief, but we all live out our unbelief then when we forget who we are within that Christ light. And so it is that idea that I am called to see each and every one as that true Christ light that they are because as long as we are in agreement with each other, oh my God, Vivian, you are such an awful human being. I can't believe you did that. Then we have fed the ignorance. But if we can say, Christy, I know you made that mistake, but I know the truth of who you are and you are the Christ and I'm going to hold that vision, then we give the opportunity for that one to rise up to that vision that we hold for them. And that's how a mature Christian sees Christ in everyone and everything. And that's what Peace Pilgrim did as she lived into her belief. So I want to share a story with you because, as you can imagine, she walked from 1953 to 1981. Do you think she ever ran into some unsavory characters in that time? Do you think people said to her, what, are you crazy? You're out there walking and sleeping under, you know, inside of culverts and stuff. Do you know what's out there? She lived into these beliefs. So here's a, a, a little piece from her book, The Peace Pilgrim. When I first started out, I thought the pilgrimage might entail some hardship. But I was determined to live at need level. That is, I didn't want more than I need when so many have less than they need. Penance is the willingness to undergo hardship for the achievement of a good purpose. I was willing. But when the hardships came, I found myself lifted above them. Instead of hardship... I found a wonderful sense of peace and joy and conviction that I was following God's will. Blessings instead of hardship are showered down upon me. I remembered my first lesson on the pilgrimage was the lesson of receiving. I had been on the giving side for many years, and I needed to learn to accept gracefully as I had been able to give in order to give the other fellow the joy of giving. It's so beautiful when you live to give. To me, it's the only way to live, because as you receive, give, you receive spiritual blessings. I was tested severely in the beginning of my pilgrimage. Life is a series of tests, but if you pass your tests, you look back upon them as good experiences. I'm glad I had these experiences. If you have a loving and positive attitude toward your fellow human beings, you will not fear them. Perfect love casts out fear. 
Imagine just that one little simple belief living that. I will not fear my fellow human beings because perfect love casts out fear. One test happened in the middle of the night in the middle of a California desert. The traffic had just about stopped, and there wasn't a human habitation within many miles. I saw a car parked at the side of the road. The driver called to me saying, come on, get in and get warm. I said, I don't ride. He said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just parked here. And so I got in. I looked at the man. He was a big, burly man. What most people would call a rough-looking individual. After we had talked a while, he said, say, wouldn't you like to get a few winks of sleep? And I said, oh, yes, I certainly would. And I curled up and I went to sleep. When I awoke, I could see the man was very puzzled about something. And after we had talked for quite some time, he admitted that when he had asked me to get into the car, he had certainly meant me no good. He added, when you curled up so trustingly and went to sleep, I just couldn't touch you. I thanked him for the shelter and began walking away. And as I looked back, I saw him gazing at the heavens, and I hoped he had found God that night. This is the opportunity we have in every moment to live our belief. Right? Live our beliefs. Where are you and I out of alignment with living our beliefs? Because if we claim the idea that the Christ is in everyone and everything, and then we go about judging and blaming and hurting, we create this inner conflict inside of us where we will never experience inner peace. The ways of our actions, our words, and our thoughts have to line up with what we say we believe. Where is your growth right now in your life? Of aligning your thoughts and your words and your actions with what you say you believe. So I thought I'd share a personal story with you. And about a little over a year ago, we were here studying Sharif Abdullah's work on uh, the shadow and the light. And he was talking about the shadow of scarcity. The shadow of not enoughness course, is met by the light of abundance, because what we know for sure is right here, right now, in this moment, there is enough and more than enough. So I was thinking about that. I was on my way to church one day as we were studying this. I was on my way to church one day, and my thought was, oh, I've got to go to church today. Right? And I asked myself, now, wait a minute, where is that ugh-ness coming from? When three years ago, I was like, yes, I get to go to Unity Spiritual Center today. How joyful it is. How wonderful it is to get to be involved in this spiritual community. And here I was, three years later, this is my pattern. Oh, I've got to do this today. Give me the strength, God. And I realized and recognized in that moment that it was the idea of scarcity, of not enoughness that was coming up within me again. You know, when something is brand new and it's fun and exciting and you get to learn about it and it's interesting, and then it becomes habit and it becomes what you think is known and then suddenly it doesn't hold that same wondrous adventureness to it, right? Is anybody recognizing this pattern? Okay, good. So I started to work with that. 
and to play with that idea. And then at some point over 2018, I became aware of this idea that I was holding, this belief that I had that life is one problem after another to be solved. Anybody hold that belief? Right? Oh, i got to go to church again. I wonder what toilet is broke this time. Right? Or a roof, where's the roof leaking? Where's the parking lot disintegrating? You know, I mean, it was like one problem after another. And what I recognized and realized is that when you hold that idea that life is just one problem after another to be solved, guess what? Life keeps throwing you problems to solve. But what if? I took a shift in my understanding and lived into a new belief. And that is that life is not one problem after another to be solved, but one wondrous adventure to be had. I can't wait to see what shows up today, God. I can't wait to see where you would use me today. I can't wait to see what connections I'm going to be making. I can't wait to see... What a wondrous day this is going to be. And as I can live into those beliefs, then I can find that place of inner peace that I'm working on. You know, I still have my days. But it's a wondrous adventure being here with all of you. And that's what I want to live into. So what about you? Where is your belief out of alignment with what you know to be true? And there is creating this conflict inside of you that is showing up as, you know, frustration or depression or anger or fill in the blank that you know you don't want to experience. Stop it. And choose again with me. Choose again. So as I ask myself the question, living good beliefs, some of you might be having this question, well, how do I know if it's a good belief or not? Right? Because lots of people are living what they believe that aren't necessarily showing up in good ways. Right? So how do I know if the belief that I'm holding is a good belief that I actually want to live? And so I go back to that workbook that we've been studying for two and a half years now and practicing inclusivity. And the foundation of practicing inclusivity is the golden rule. And that golden rule is simply, I need to do to others what I expect others to do to me. Right? So, if the words that I'm speaking out against another are not words that I would want to come back to me, I need to stop it and choose again and live good beliefs so that I don't create that inner conflict inside of me. If the thoughts that I'm holding about someone, because that's where my mind, you know, or maybe it won't come out in my words or my actions, but in my mind, you don't want to see what that's done, right? So in my mind, if the thoughts that I'm holding are not thoughts that I would want somebody thinking about me, I need to change my mind. If the actions that I'm taking aren't actions that I would want somebody expressing back at me, I need to take different actions. It's a very simple compass. It's in all of the world religions, that golden rule idea. So how can I live good belief? We can start with, you know, our basic unity principles. God is the only power and presence in the universe, and God is good, right? How many of you believe that? Now, how do you live that? 
When you wake up in the middle of the night and the worry starts, how do you live into that belief? God is the only power and the only presence in my life, and God is good and omnipotent. For myself, one of our unity principles is about taking the time to pray and meditate every day. Right? How many of you have that practice? Prayer and meditation every day. Well, I had realized at some point this summer that I'd kind of gotten off track and wasn't necessarily being committed to my meditation practice. And as I was dealing with this frustration inside of me, this little voice came through like, Joanne, start meditating. And so the next day, I started with this meditation program that I'd been working with years ago. And I, and I began that again. And it was like immediate. Immediate, the, the weight was lifted. Immediately, I could see more clearly. Immediately, there was a lightness again. And I could come back into this moment and this place with that sense of wondrous joy. Right? So whatever it is for you, are you willing to align your beliefs with your thoughts and your words and your actions? Are you willing to practice that with me this week? All right. So on the back of your bulletin is the practice. Become aware of when you are doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing. Is anybody going, oh, I don't know when that is? Okay, we all know, right? Like we all know. All right, so when we know it, then we need to stop doing it. So if you find yourself arguing for your limitations, you do that? Arguing for your limitations. Gossiping, complaining, reacting, defending, unforgiving, all of those things, right? That we know we should not be doing. That voice within us is saying, don't do this. And we create that inner conflict and we'll never know inner peace then. We have to stop. As soon as you're aware, stop. If I'm alone, I'll literally say that to myself. Stop it. If I'm with people, not so much. But inside... Inside, I'm thinking, stop it, right? So stop, and then uh, become aware of what you should be doing in that moment, and do that. It's so simple, isn't it? It's just such a simple thing. So when you find yourself, if you're not disciplined in your spiritual practice, or if you're not taking time for God, or if you're not forgiving, start doing what you know you should be doing. Just that this week. Is that enough of a practice? Stop what you know is not supporting you in living your good beliefs and do that which is supporting you in living your good beliefs and pay attention to the way that you feel within as you do so because I'm sure, I'm certain that what you will feel when you do that is a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of lightness, a sense of rightness. And together, as you and I do this, and find that place of inner peace within. That is the only way that we will impact truly the collective consciousness of the peace that we seek out there. So this is important work. We don't take it lightly, but we also choose to do it. And so I thank each and every one of you who are pleased to do it with me this week. God bless.